1: I am John O'Brien, host of Money & Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, I Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk, ...can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms.
3: I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment.
2: Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry. Sorry, we're
5: here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
4: No, Lucky Land Casino,
0: with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. Yeah,
5: yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VCN.
3: Here we go! Welcome in. This is Follow the hey. Money on v the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Paulie Howard live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino, as always. Coming up over the next three hours, great show. Thursdays are uh, a lot of fun. Nigel Seeley in 45 minutes has been blazing hot. Love the analysis every week. Uh, this is tricky, though, because we have only about a week left of uh, matches and soccer before the World Cup starts you know Nigel's going to be all over the handicap here and what to look for uh, today and beyond. Brad Powers in an hour, a huge weekend of college football. Mike Pritchard in two hours on the NFL in tonight's game. And Paul Charchian on some player props and fantasy football for the week. We will get into that game coming up in a few moments. But we have to start with what took place last night as uh, the home team. That crowd, the advantage, absolutely on fire. Man, you could hear a pin drop last night as they were no-hit. The combined no-hitter gets there by the Houston Astros. And a great call by your buddy Matt Veskirgin yesterday, who was all over Christian Javier, to go over his K-Prop of 5.5. Kid was brilliant. He's, he had a spectacular year. And I, uh, for what it's worth, I did I text Matt when, it, when he went over the K-Prop, and I said, great call, boom. And he, go, he said, he's their new ace. Now think about that for a second, and he They're, might be onto something he's here. Four
6: starter because he's yeah. but think
3: about the year that Valdez had. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, they have Verlander, who has absolutely been rocky as hell in his World Series career, but this guy has been awesome pretty much the entire year, and nobody talks about him.
6: Uh huh. Seventy-five to one here. Few bets, as Derek Stevens uh, said. Twenty-five to one at most places. Will there be a no hitter? A no hitter in the and World and that Series. counts by the way. Yeah, yeah. A combined no hitter counts. Yeah, soups a meal. Uh, incredible. That That is something. Second time in the history of the World Series. Yeah. And, and th- how about that? Uh, how about what have you done for me life lately? They were getting booed and the fans left early. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, come on, guys. So, to hold them down at home where they hadn't lost, and it, t- it took an act of God to hold them just four runs, which was their low. So, incredible performance by Houston, and a vicious beat if he had the first five innings under as they erupt for a five spot in the top of the fifth. And, uh, again, the drama about what happens again tonight, which uh, I know they're not facing elimination, to me it's a must-win. You're going to win six and seven on the road if you're the Phillies. It feels very
3: difficult. Yeah, That's why I thought tough. last night was the yeah. biggest game of the entire series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was something else. I mean, to go down there and quiet, quiet the bats from the get-go, and they could get nothing going the entire oh, sure. time. Sure. So, I mean, I look, we talked about this before the World Series started, and, you know, a bunch of uh, – books across the country where you're posting up some creative props. I thought the ones here at Circo were as good as it gets. I bet the wrong seventy five to one. I uh I bet will will somebody hit for the cycle in the World Series. I took 75 to one. I looked at the no no hitter, but I'm like, come on, we're not gonna get a no hitter. How is three home runs in a game only twenty five? That's that actually awful. that's actually happened more than a no hitter.
6: Wow. Uh I, I thought them they're all good.
3: I thought the most creative was immaculate inning. Terrific. Yes, right. That's an amazing idea for a prop. Yes, it is. Yep. Yes. So, but that, again, and now, the updated number. Basically, yeah. if you go back to before game one on the series price, Astros are buck ninety. Can I throw some Verlander props at you tonight? Yeah. Oh. I, I'm, I'm on the Astros. Absolutely, you can.
6: Okay. I'm on the Astros. If okay. not now, when? I mean, this is it now. So, 0-6 in the World Series with an ERA of 6. uh Uh-huh. But it's more, it's more going against Thor, who has pitched five innings since October 1st and Larry Boa told us Monday well, maybe he goes one time through the order. I mean he was supposed to go game 3. Yeah. So now I mean that's even if he does that it's just it's a bullpen game and I and I think the Astros can get to Thor and the bullpen and I, I, Verlander was cruising till all hell broke loose and they blew the five run lead. But I mean he's well aware of this. I mean for oh, a ha- for mean- a hall of fame pitcher to have these type of numbers yeah. and again be consistent. If you're going to rip Kershaw, rip this guy. It's unacceptable. But no, that's it's, oh, that's a fair point. But yeah. it's it's got to be it's got to be the Astros tonight, for him. Okay.
3: Yep. Yeah. So I actually, because you're going to hear that all day long, right? Every oh, yeah. single person in the world knows about Justin Verlander struggles in the World Series. Him, uh, every every network that you watch today, this one here on Vsin, it's going to be talked about. MLB Network, they're going to talk about it as well. But I think it's uh, time to go be contrarian here. It sounds silly because are you really a contrarian going on? Or if you're going to play on Justin Verlander. Well, when it's going to be the negativity is going to be pointed out all day long. So here you go. Mm -hmm. The strikeout prop for him tonight is five and a half. The over is minus 130. How about to record, rather than betting the Astros at minus 155 or minus 160, how about Verlander to record a win plus 170 tonight? Okay. So he goes, he's strong through five or six innings, and he gets some support, and they win the game. Um, Hits allowed. Verlander is four and a half. Over is even money, under minus 135. The walks, one and a half over plus one thirty-five, and this one is going to be popular, I think today. Earned runs allowed by Verlander. If you truly trust the guy, the number is one and a half. But if you think the Phillies get to him tonight, like they did in Game One, over one and a half run uh, runs allowed minus one fifty-five. If you think he dominates the team tonight, under is plus one twenty. Are you
6: concerned? Last 13 innings, they're one for 37 with 20 strikeouts. That's the other thing; they couldn't put the ball in play yesterday. No, nothing. Well, but yeah. uh, it was. Uh, but this was. there they've been the 27 Yankees at home, and for that guy and, and that staff to shut them down, right? Incredible. The other story is this guy. You know, he's uh, being stubborn, but it could work out for him. The bet MGM guy that I'm not. Uh, I'm not hedging, and he has that $50 bet. Good job by MGM. They could have canceled it. They could have on to gaming and said palpable, egregious air. Astros over the Phillies, he bet it the first week of the season, 2,500 to 1. They added a zero. Yeah, there was an extra zero. It the same there. price as Texas beating Miami, for example. So uh, he's two wins away from cashing that ticket. And he's got the ace going against Thor, and then they go back home. So you have to like his chances. Is mm-hmm. now they're a $2 series, highest
3: $2 series favorite now. Yeah. Last night was just as big as it gets. Yep, I mean... Up against the Phillies win that game. Odds are they're going to win the series. They're right. going to be a big favorite today. Right. They don't win the game, and now t- tonight is you could, you could make the case too, like you just said. If they don't win the game tonight, they're winning six and seven on the road. You got to go Valdez, and then right, right. I find that very difficult yeah, to yeah. happen. Difficult, not in- impossible, but right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we go from the. How about Philly? I mean, we've talked about game <laughs> five tonight. They. Do you realize, I think, uh, well, the Sixers played last night as well. They lost. They played the game a little bit earlier. And uh, mm-hmm. the Flyers played as well. So just every, <laughs> everything is happening at the same exact time. And now the Eagles are laying. But this game did touch 14 earlier in the week. The Eagles on the road against the Texans. And now pretty much everywhere they're 13 and a half. The matchups here, again, this is, look, I, I rarely, rarely play you know, double-digit favorites in the NFL. I've played, I think, one so far this year, and that was the first one I played in a long time, and it was a loser. But when you look at the overall numbers, what the Eagles do well compared to uh, what the Texans are really bad at, oh, man, it's such an overwhelming edge to Philly in all these key categories, like for like oh. the, the EPA per play, expected points added per play, Philadelphia's third best in the league. The Texans are d- on defense are 25th. Uh, The explosive pass percentage, Eagles are fifth overall, Texans are 29th. Rushing EPA per play on offense, Eagles are third, Texans on defense are 28th. Play success percentage, Eagles seventh best, Texans 27th on defense, and drive success. This is where the Eagles kill you. They're the best team with drive uh, success percentage in the entire league. Texans are 23rd. Like, Where are the stops coming from here?
6: Historically bad rush defense, awful rush defense. You're right. It's just the line up, run the ball, blow them out, and go home. Number one, they're making you pay for the first half, which is because they're seven and zero ATS yeah. in the first. That's yeah. seven and a half now. Uh, tick up the totals, ticked up a couple points too. They allowed 314 rushing yards last week in the loss. They're allowing 186 rushing yards a game. Chicago's 31st. They're 30 yards worse a game than Chicago. Think about that. The other thing is how bad this team is. Four wins at home since 2020. One win at home on the season. They scored 13 points in that game, bailed out by a huge penalty by Walker. They only score six and get beat. Uh, But they are plus six in the league in turnover margin. And they still only have one win, how bad this team is. I think Philly doesn't turn it over. Philly's number one. That's why I love Philly last week. Pittsburgh turns it over. They don't. Philly, number one in turnover margin, plus 14. They only have two turnovers the entire season. It's week nine tonight. That's, That's the remarkable. Second, it's the second fewest since the
3: merger. Well, that makes sense, think right? about that. Yeah. That's so, very difficult to pull off. Right.
6: You would think Sanders goes over, does whatever he wants. Hurts got on the ground. I want all the rushing props over, and I want the Hurts passing under. Yep. Because I just think it's just going to be line up, run it all over them, Get
3: ready for the mini buy in Washington on Monday night. That's pretty much it. And we'll get more in, into the player props coming up in about 20 minutes. But that's exactly how I'm uh, looking at this game as well. And you would think here, game flow, they're 13 and a half point favorites. The Eagles, and they've been so good in the first half. So if that trend continues tonight, and they're up by a couple of touchdowns and they cover the first half, it's, it's unlikely that it's going to be a Jalen Hurts kind of game tonight where they could kind of take their foot off the gas eventually, which they typically don't do. But you can just – again – they high school teams can run on this Texans defense. Yeah, what, so, are, they,
6: what are they doing offensively? I mean, that's the, that's the other thing. I mean, Pierce did nothing against Tennessee; they shut him down. But they're averaging 16 points per game. Yeah, I mean, they've lost
3: five. 16 points per game. You can actually run a little bit on on the Eagles yeah. defense. That might be their one flaw. But if teams get down, the teams they really well, don't run, run on them at all because they just they're down in all these games. Also, the I would stay away from the no no defensive touchdown tonight because the Eagles pressure. Is one of the best in the entire league. They're tied for fifth in sacks with 23 as well. They get to the quarterback all the time. Um, and they're tied for first in takeaways with 16. They could create havoc the entire game against Davis, Mills, and Company. Yep. So, yep. Uh, Good fall. As th- high as plus 280. All right. Uh, fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts, whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan. Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like. Tuesday hockey, first goal insurance, Friday night uh, college football, bet and get, and Sunday football, parlay insurance, plus more. Head to betrivers.com or download the BetRivers app today. It's a whole new game. Paulie will run down uh, everything that happened last night in the betting world with win some, lose some, coming up next.
1: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
5: Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
2: And I'm Skip Bronson.
5: and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at Champacasino.com Welcome to the family.
0: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
6: Follow the money. That's what I always
7: say. You always follow
5: the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v
6: Welcome back. Sign up to bet the Breeders' Cup with Horse Racing's number one app. First bet, get a $10 free bet plus 100% match of your first deposit up to $200. Use the promo code HORSE200. To claim your offer, Breeders' Cup Picks and Insights, v brought to you by First Bet. Go to v slash horses for details, including how to get the free Breeders' Cup wager guide. dot slash horses. Every time at this, uh, every, every, uh... Thursday? Uh, every Thursday at this time. Thank you. Every Thursday at this time, Brad Powers joins us, Brad Powers 7 on Twitter, bradpowerssports.com So that's a good discussion to start. I like Clemson and bet Clemson. Mike Palm, who's a Notre Dame fan, likes Clemson. You bet pick in the summer on Clemson, but you laid more on the opener Sunday, and you tweeted out what you bet as well. Take us through this, and you're a Notre Dame fan as well. Take us through the thought process here on Clemson-Notre Dame and why it's one of your biggest bets of the season.
8: Yeah. So first off, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me as always. Yeah. Let's, you know, going back to the summer, I was a little bit down on Notre Dame. I thought, I mean, they were treated like, you know, borderline top five team. I didn't see it with a first year coach and a new quarterback and new schemes and some other deficiencies at wide receiver and defensive back. So I thought, you know, if I'm right, that's gonna, you know, go through the course of the season, and, and I mean, Pickham was still treating Notre Dame like a top five team, so I, I just didn't see it there, and then obviously I did think Clemson was a playoff contender, and they've lived up to that. I don't think they're a national title contender, mm-hmm. but they, they, they certainly have done their part. Now earlier this week, I mean, I didn't expect to see three. I'll just put it that way. I, you know, made the number a little bit higher. I, you know, made it Clemson six. You're thinking, why would you bet that much when you got a three-point difference? Well, it's right around, you know, when it's under a touchdown, numbers mean more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lower total in the 40s, numbers mean more. Mm -hmm. And I just think matchup-wise here, it's just an extremely bad matchup for Notre Dame. Uh, They want to run the football. They have to run the football because they're extremely limited at quarterback. And and to beat Clemson, you got to be able to throw it, like a la Wake Forest. So uh, Clemson's defensive front is getting healthier. Heck, even their secondary is healthier. I just don't see a pathway to much success here for the Fighting Irish, especially considering at such a short number. I just I, I know there's a couple groups that really like Notre Dame this year in the betting markets, and they're influential. They got more money than me, but I, I don't know what they're seeing because I, I watch every play every single week in Notre Dame games. Sometimes I watch them a couple times uh-huh. a week and go back through it, and True Pine is not a power five starting caliber quarterback. And you need that to, to to compete with Clemson.
6: No, I mean he's completing forty nine percent of his passes the yeah. last three games. Yeah. So I thought your breakdown there is terrific. I mean, how are they? He's not going to have any success through the air. It figures against Clemson, you figure Clemson's going to score as well.
8: Guys, that's forty nine percent against UNLV, Syracuse, and a very bad Stanford yeah. defense. I just, it's it's brutal to watch, honestly, as a fan. I mean, they just. And you know, a lot of it's his fault, but uh, parts of it is outside of Michael Mayer at tight end, they don't have a lot of options at wide receiver. Yeah. They're extremely, extremely limited.
6: We we spoke to a, a Clemson fan a couple of weeks ago, and he just said, we're not good enough. The program isn't at that level anymore where they're just going to blow teams out. Do uh, you, you think they go undefeated, get in the playoff, and then you just think whether who, they match up against the SEC winner, Ohio State, it's, they're going to get blown out.
7: I
8: agree with that. Okay. Uh, again, I think they're a playoff contending team similar to what, you know, the Notre Dames, the Oklahoma's have been uh, very capable of getting to the playoffs. Once they get there, I, I don't expect the, the, the game to be that competitive. They, they are limited. I mean, we're talking about Notre Dame being limited in, in the passing game. Clemson's limited in the regard that if you're comparing them to what Trevor Lawrence was and that wide receiver core that they had three, four years ago, they just do not have that type of uh, player makers on the outside. Clemson's more in the trenches. I mean, Will Shipley's their their best offensive playmaker, in my opinion. DJ's, you know, struggled, got pulled in the last game, but I, I expect him to, to to bounce back, start here, and to play and play well. He's got experience. He played well the last time uh, that he was in South Bend.
3: Okay, let's get into the uh, Tennessee Georgia matchup. Uh, got to talk to you about the Nolan Smith injury for Georgia. He's one of their better defensive players. He's been thought of by, like, every draft Nick that I read as a first-round pick next year. He's really, really good. He's out for the year. A uh, couple things on that. If you were thinking of betting Georgia, was that enough to make you shy away? Or I will flip it. If you were thinking of betting Tennessee in this game, was that enough to put you on the Volunteers?
8: In a word, no. uh does, doesn't mean that much to me. Now, okay. I get it that Georgia's been limited in the pass rush this year. They only have 10 sacks. Nolan Smith has three of those 10 sacks. Actually, Beal the backups played more snaps than Nolan Smith this year. Beal led Georgia. All, that, all those great Georgia players uh, last year. Beal uh, led him in sacks a year ago. Jalen Carter's been out on the mm-hmm. defensive front. He finally came back last week. He limited snap count, probably limited snap count this week. But if he w- were to remain out, then I, then I would say you know it might be a situation where one plus one equals three. But yeah, I, just, I expect more nickel and dime packages <laughs> for Georgia to, to keep up with the Tennessee pass game. So he, he didn't impact my thought process on the game, whether I wanted to bet Georgia or play against the Bulldogs here.
3: Yeah, uh, so a follow-up to that then is Tennessee got blown out by this team last year. It was 41-17, but I will also say this, and we talked to you about this several times a year ago. That was an all-time Georgia defense. I mean, they would rank up against any great defense that we've seen in the last, what, 30, 40, 50 years, maybe ever. And this Tennessee team, Brad, is much, much better than last year. So, I mean, that point spread right now at eight, if you had to bet it right now, what would you do?
8: It's a good question. I have not bet the point spread yet in the game. Uh, I think here's the, the advice I'd give to people. I'd wait. If you're uh, if you're looking to bet Georgia, I'd wait a little bit because obviously t- Tennessee's very popular this week, even among uh, the, the people that aren't necessarily professionals. So I'd wait a little bit on the Georgia side. Uh, my numbers say to bet Georgia, though. Uh, the, the, the thing of it is, though, when I really deep dived into this, I do a deep dive podcast. I st- Here we are in the first week in November, and I still have question marks about georgia even though they're unbeaten statistically you look at yards per play margin yards for game margin points for game margin clearly a top two top three team but i mean they, they haven't been tested that much and, and their big performance in the opener against oregon that was the opener and, yep. and and oregon obviously much different team than what they were now uh i don't know i i know the defense has dropped off from last year i still don't know how much that drop off is we're gonna find out on saturday so uh- I lean Georgia.
6: The the Missouri game was alarming. I mean, yep. Missouri lost to Auburn. Now, they blew the game, but still. And they had problems moving the ball in that game. They did. They went up and down the field early on against Georgia, and Georgia was lucky they won that game. So that's the one that I can't get out of my mind as well. Um, how about Tennessee? Four to five to one to win the SEC, but in some places a dollar ten to make the playoff.
8: Yeah, I don't. That, that's... Crazy to me, to be honest with you, because I mean, I you know, I they, I think the pecking order they would be three in the pecking order if they lose this game, because obviously it would be uh, I, unless they're, I mean, obviously they're counting on Georgia to beat Alabama, but I mean, say Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship yep, game, I mean Tennessee right. would be third in that pecking order. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I could see, it, yeah, sure, if Georgia were to win out and Tennessee's only losses to Georgia, th- th- then. Yeah, they would be the first one-loss team you would think, uh, theoretically, uh, and would make it. But, I mean, Georgia-Alabama game would be close to pick them, so I I, I don't understand that yeah. line right there.
3: I remember you telling us in the summertime, you have Tennessee at at least triple digits to win the SEC. I think it's 100-1, to one, maybe a little, little bit more than that. Do you have anything yep. on Hooker to win the Heisman? 80-1.
8: to Oh!
3: Uh, wow. <laughs>
8: yeah. Oh, um, wow. I... Uh, yeah, and then he's you know currently right there among the favorites, and and I'll say this, I think if they win and he plays well, I mean unless there's an injury, I think he's going to win the Heisman. So yeah, that, that that that'd be a couple more Christmas presents under the tree.
6: Today, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. right, absolutely. Okay, what'd you make Alabama, LSU, and what are your thoughts on the other big SEC game?
8: I bet Alabama, late twelve. Uh, wasn't one of my favorite bets, but a lot of times when I'm making bets on those openers, you know, I think, uh, you know, very quickly because I make like 50 bets a week. You know, what's my thought process was, is this going to 10 or just likely to go higher, maybe to 14? I, I laid the 12 with Alabama. I, I get it. Jaden Daniels is the type of quarterback for LSU that has historically given Alabama problems. I worry about LSU's offensive line. Bottom 15 in the country and sacks allowed. Alabama's got a ferocious pass rush. And, you know, outside of Daniels, LSU doesn't have a lot of playmakers. And I think people are overreacting to what they just saw last, and that being the last two games for LSU. Prior to that, they've been very inconsistent.
3: You've been very high on Texas uh, for a while now. Are you high enough to lay the points on the road against Kansas State?
8: I am. That's one of my favorite plays of the week along with Clemson. I like the spot off a bye. I don't mind fading Kansas State off a forty-eight nothing win over Oklahoma State. Doesn't get any higher than yeah, that for yeah, them. Yeah. And then I just if you I think there's overreaction in the market. If you don't believe me, I, you know I don't necessarily care so much about the result because a lot of things can happen turnovers and whatnot injuries. I just like to look what was market expectation in these two teams last game. They both played Oklahoma State. Obviously, far different results in the game, but market wise, Texas was a six and a half point road favorite. Kansas State was a two and a half point home favorite. So that tells me right there that the market, just in the last game for these two teams, thought very differently of these two teams. And again, when you throw in the situational spot, I, I like Texas. I saw Texas as a top 10 team. Look, yeah. they've lost three games, but I mean, it easily could be unbeaten. Mm-hmm.
3: No doubt. It's Follow the Money here on Vison the Sports Betting Network. We'll continue with professional sports better, college football handicapper Brad Powers coming up next. He's on Twitter at Brad Powers7 um a lot of other games to get into uh like for example tonight big game in the sun belt uh what does he make of app state lane three on the road against coastal carolina and there was a big move on this michigan state illinois game um at any point where there be value on sparty before kickoff or no because of the eight suspended players after the michigan game we'll ask him about that coming up next
5: This is follow the money on VSEN.
6: Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Visit DraftKings.com/Guinness. Set your lineup. Watch the action unfold as you play for your share of 115,000 all season long. Guinness made of more. DraftKings.com for details.
3: Second segment here with professional sports better college football handicapper Brad Powers. We did all of the, uh, it's a great weekend of college football starting really tonight uh, in the Sun Belt. And we can begin there here, Brad. Um, Are you surprised that App State opened up the favorites? They remain a three-point favorite, or is that pretty much where you made the number?
8: It's pretty much where I made the number, so I'm not surprised uh, that App State took a little bit of money. And it's more not necessarily a play on App State. It's a play against Coastal. A team that, you know, statistically um, looks more like a team that should have three losses, maybe four losses, instead of a team that's sitting here at seven and one. Uh, they, they've been very fortunate outside of the old Dominion game. Even last week, I know it looks impressive on the road. They went and beat Marshall outright as a dog, but even that game wasn't that statistically dominant for them. So, I mean, they're leaning on their quarterback. They got a creative coach, but they're just not as good. Even though the record says they are, they're not as good as what they've been the last couple of years. So lean towards App State tonight.
3: Okay. Uh, I know that you made the Illinois number much bigger than the opener against Michigan State. So, and I said this before the break, at some point will value like pop on Sparty or are those eight suspended players after what happened against Michigan in that game, is that just too much and going to have too much of an impact on this game?
8: Yeah, so, I mean, what do I... to me, it's not just, you know, the, the on the field for those five players. I mean, five of the eight are are important on the defense side of the ball. They're in top 13 as far as tacklers. So obviously it impacts that side of the ball more than anything. I just think psychologically, where's the team at? You just played your rival. You played them tough at least early on. And then you got all these distractions now, and it's already been an extremely disappointing season. So they're they're kind of a a candidate for wave, the white flag type of thing. And it's just not the players being gone. It might be just, you know, the, the, they just ain't got it the, the last month of the season. So to get to your question, I would still probably take them at 17, 17-and-a-half 17 because you you bet numbers, not teams. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I would I would lean that way once it got to 17, 17-and-a-half.
3: 17 okay, so a little bit more here on the Illini. Uh, as a guy who grew up uh, rooting for the Wisconsin Badgers, I can tell you that I was never that big of a Brett Bielema, Bielema fan, but, boy, he's done a great job here with Illinois uh, this season and they're four and one on their side uh, of that conference. Their game up on Purdue. They get them next week after this Michigan state game. Let's assume for a second, they they beat the Boilermakers. Do you think this team is, can they go to Michigan and give Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines a game? Could they potentially upset and shock the world? Could they beat them?
8: I mean, they're still going to be a double digit underdog, but matchup wise, they match up a lot better with Michigan than they would say like an Ohio state. Uh, I just think, I mean, depends on what Harbaugh's game plan is. <laughs> if it's line them up and, and try mm-hmm. to play, you know, Bo Schembechler type football, that's going to play in the hands of an Illinois team. That's, uh-huh. you know, got the number one defense in the country statistically. So uh, I do, I would give him, I would bet him in, in that game if I got the right number. And, and it was sizable in, in that double digit category because it's going to be a lower scoring game. And I mean, you, you mentioned B This look. this, this Illinois team looks like one of his better Wisconsin teams, you know, with signs, uh, the year that they had Russell Wilson at uh, quarterback. But they, they just look like your typical re- really good Big Ten West team.
6: Do you want any piece of Auburn now that harson has been fired, and how are you going to treat Auburn uh, the rest of the season? Do you think it could be like Michigan State, where they wave this at season's over and they, and they give up?
8: No, I think you might get a one-game bump. In fact, interim coaches, I went through it. Uh, they've actually done okay this year. 12-9 and nine overall against the spread. Doesn't sound that great. 4-2 and two in the opener opening game interims are, uh, but <laughs> the four wins have been, as far as covers, all by more than three touchdowns per game, uh, every single one of those four. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on the Auburn side this week. I think that's a lot of points. I think okay. the players are fired up, especially, I mean, the interim coaches, Cadillac Williams and Auburn Legend, I think they're at least fired up for one game.
6: How about the early start Saturday, Air Force against uh, Army? Service Academy games forty-two nine and one to the under total hasn't moved though.
8: Well, it hasn't because it was really priced in uh, on the opener. I mean, if you just do these team scoring averages and and pace of play, you're thinking the total should probably be 50. So it's priced in. With that being said, still going under. I mean, the last uh, let's just talk Army Air Force. uh, Eight straight to the under in, in, in this series. Average total score in those games, 27, 27 points per game. Last eight meetings, under for me. All
6: right,
3: good Uh, info. Are we going to get many stops in this Texas Tech-TCU game? I know it's got a high total near 70, but uh, where do you see the stops coming from?
6: I don't
8: see too many stops. Uh, I I am fading TCU. I know people are going to say, well, they're going to be angry, you know, considering their playoff ranking. I get that. I just, how many times is this team going to get up week after week? Yeah. And they've been extremely fortunate. Not only the, the opposing quarterback injuries, but hell, even last week, an unbelievable cover, that, that what it took for them to cover that game against West Virginia. It's, it's amazing to me. Texas Tech, I bet on them last week. I lost, and it looks like I, I, I had a really dumb play there. I get it. That's the result. But four turnovers did them in there, minus four in turnovers. And it was a, a one-score game there, uh, that, or at least potentially in the fourth quarter, and it ended up being a four-score blowout. So I think that, uh, Texas Tech's still a little bit undervalued. I like the Red Raiders here, plus the points.
3: Well, I mean, what TCU did at the end of that game against West Virginia, Brad? Oh, my God. I mean, come on, that's... that's. Put it over the total, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, I it, it, Double that beat. Yeah, oh, God. It's yeah. awful. Uh, can I interest you in taking Miami, plus the points, against FSU?
8: You cannot.
3: Ooh. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no.
8: I mean, here's the thing. I mean, Miami's 0-7 against, uh, against the spread, against FBS teams, falling short by double digits per game. Usually you would say, hey, you're paying a premium. You want to fade Miami, you're paying a premium. I don't think you are still at this point. And on the other side, I think Florida State, when you start diving into them statistically, top 10 in yards per play margin, yards per game margin, they played a pretty tough schedule. Florida State's undervalued. Miami's still overrated. I know it's a rivalry game. You want to take the big number. I just don't see a pathway to Miami success here, so I like the Noles.
6: Follow the Money Paulie, and Mitch Vese in the Sports Betting Network. Brad Powers, our guest college football expert Brad Power 7 on Twitter bradpowersports.com Are You surprised at the Iowa money
8: No, I'm a part of it. I uh I took Iowa plus 7 on the open. I just it was another situation. Is a good line going up or is it going down regardless of what I bet. So I, I took Iowa. I think they're a little undervalued. I thought they were undervalued last week that they covered a, what people thought was a big number against Northwestern. Keep an eye. There's some weather going on in the Midwest this week. Yeah. Wind and this one would obviously impact Purdue more than Iowa. You can't get any more inaccurate than Iowa's quarterback. So if it's windy, that's going to much, much greater impact Purdue than it will Iowa. So
6: I'm on the Hawkeyes. All right, you are in business with the you know Hooker 80 to one to win the Heisman. <laughs> how how any other future tickets, conference winners, that type of thing? How you looking there?
8: Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I bet a lot more season win totals than anything, okay. and I I bet a hundred of them, believe it or not. I checked. I, I didn't really take a look at too much prior to this week. I, I'm on pace, and this isn't even an optimistic outlook. I'm a very you know self-deprecating type guy. Yeah, sixty. Yeah, sixty-five percent. It looks like. All right, very good. God.
6: Right, well, and I'll, I'll only bring this up because you tweeted it out, but I think it'd be a good discussion. And two minutes left here, give or take. You're top ten in a contest. You have two entries that are top ten in a contest, but the, we're not down to the to the end yet. But would you pull a derbify who won the contest here last year? Would you look at doing the opposite if you're top five on both with a week to play? How are you going to attack this once we get down maybe to two, three weeks left?
8: Yeah, it's a really good question. I'm not there yet, obviously. Once I get to the final three, I'll probably start profiling my competition if I'm in the top 10. Uh, if I'm fortunate to be in the top 10 with both entries uh, with about four weeks left, it, nuggets very different because mm-hmm. keep in mind it's seven college and, and NFL combined. And what happens is after the college regular season's over, <laughs> you can say, you know, there's a few weeks there. I know bowls are included, but there's a lot of weeks. You're going to have to have five plus NFL. Yep, yeah. A lot of people can do college. They can't do NFL. So that's when I start profiling my competition. And yeah, I mean, sure. If I, if, if that's what I need to do to win, that's what I'll do, I'll do. But it's not life-changing money. We're not talking about millions on the line here. We're talking, you know, difference of uh, maybe 10 20 grand here. Yeah. So yeah. I probably won't get that meta,
3: guys.
6: All right. Good point. Not like this contest last year. All right.
3: All right, Brad. Great stuff as always, man. Thanks for the time. Good luck this weekend.
8: Hey, take care, guys.
3: Thanks for having me. Great Brad. job. There you Thank go. you. Brad Powers. On Twitter again, at BradPower7. The Service Academy thing. Come on. You can, uh, well, okay. So, what he said numbers, there:
6: eight in a row, averaging twenty-seven points per game, going back in those meetings, and it's a forty-two-nine and one underrun when the service academies. So, it's
3: not just Army, Navy. No, it's and like he said, between these two teams, Army Air Force last eight, yeah, average score combined is twenty-seven. Now he said this year, but they these teams profile a little bit differently here, right? He said if you just if you remove the names, the total should probably be about fifty. Yeah, but it's like looking at yourself in the mirror, though. I mean, you're running the same stuff. Like you see is, each yeah. other
6: in practice. I mean, it, that's you know how they talk about how no defensive or special teams touchdowns a layup in this game.
3: Yeah, it, 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 you're right. It can be tricky for teams who do not have a bye week to prepare for the option. Yeah. Well, these two teams, that's all they do. Yeah. They do it year round. Is prepare for the option. Mm-hmm. So that's why I mean it makes so much sense that these sense that these again if you go back this is like early mid 2000s the totals for the um, the Army Navy game were in the 50s. Like 53, I believe. We're 37, yeah. We're, with, we're 37 now. Oh, yeah. That, or, or less than that. Load, yes, right. Yep. World Series recap and a uh, preview of Game 5. Justin Verlander has terrible career numbers in the World Series. Some of the categories are worse than you think. How bad? I will tell you next.
5: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website
6: for details. You always follow the, follow the money. money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Pauly Howard on VSIN. Mike Pritchard coming up in picks from Jeremy Plonk. But get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. What a special, what a price. Through the Super Bowl, college basketball guide starts next week. College bowl guide, Super Bowl betting guide. Give yourself an edge. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. $99 midseason special. Get it today.
3: All right. Every Thursday at this time, former NFL player won a national championship at Colorado back in the early 90s in a current VEASAN host, Mike Pritchard joins the show mike good morning great to talk to you as always Uh, i want to start here with this thursday night game tonight and a massive point spread eagles are undefeated they're playing probably the worst team in the entire league they're laying 13 and a half points you played with a lot of really good quarterbacks and on teams with really good offenses i mean you played with alway you played with warren moon i'm sure that you had spots in your career where you know you were playing a bad team you were huge favorites did you ever take a team lightly back in your playing days? If so, what happened?
4: You know what, Mitch and Paulie, great to be with you guys. That's a great question. Um, to my recollection, I mean, taking a team lightly is is relevant because, like, are, did you prepare like you normally would for your rival mm-hmm. or for the team that you're looking up to in the division, for instance, right? So with Elway uh, and AFC West, the old AFC West, I mean, obviously the Raiders were our rival. So were the Chiefs. Uh, I, I mean, did we overlook, uh, you know, a team that was bad, like like the Colts or, or something like that at the time? I, I don't know if we overlooked it, or we, we might or not have just prepared uh, as diligent as we should, right? Um, I, and I think that comes into play for Thursday night games in particular. Mm-hmm. So now you have a double whammy because you mm-hmm. have the Eagles – who probably didn't prepare that well or didn't put a lot into this game plan uh, because there's more games on the schedule that they're probably looking at. Um, and then on top of that, it's a short week anyway. Uh, so you're doing walkthroughs. Uh, so there's nothing physical really out there for, for both teams. But in uh, particular here, you got the Eagles. The Eagles are going to just have to rely on the, the savviness of the veterans, the champions on that team, uh, and Sirianni. I mean, I here's where Sirianni can really separate himself, I think, uh, and distinguish himself away from having to go undefeated to win coach of the year. I mean, this is a short week, a, a, a difficult situation in terms of preparation mentally and physically. If you stomp a mud hole uh, in Houston uh, <laughs> tonight, then, I mean, look, look, you look at a dominating team, right? And, and everybody knows that from a mental standpoint, the Eagles just weren't all the way there like they would be against Dallas. You know, I, I,
6: I'm sure you've seen it all and done it all, too, nine years in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. your great Mike your story but <laughs> Cooks we we'll see that in a second Cooks yeah. is unhappy so right. when you have a guy who's ticked off because he was told we were going to trade him and now he tweets you mess with my career he might not play that when a guy's angry and moping and upset does that carry over to other guys and and could uh, could affect the rest and poison the clubhouse?
4: That locker room? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no leadership in that locker room. Mm-hmm. It's It's been every man for themselves in that locker room for, what, three years now? Three seasons now? Uh, it, it's not like Lovey has changed the culture or anything out there. He has uh-huh. You know, he's, he's just maybe there's some more structure with, with Houston, but nothing definitive in terms of a culture. So, yeah, man, I, I think every man for themselves. You know, I, I give credit to Wilkes a little bit more than, than Lovey at this point because, at least we saw some fight in Carolina as a team uh, a couple of times. But with Houston, nah, you know, you want to get out of there and you had a great chance to get out of there, but nope, you're still stuck uh, down there in Houston with a bad organization.
3: Seems like the yeah. appropriate word. Stuck. Yeah, yeah. Can't get right. out. He's pissed right. off that he didn't yeah. move him. Uh, you like the Seahawks this weekend. They just played Arizona uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. That was in Seattle. Arizona was a small uh, favorite on the road. They did not have DeAndre Hopkins. Well, here you go now. Look at, he's a target machine already for Kyler right. Murray, and it's back home a couple of weeks later, and uh, they're a small favorite again against Seattle. But you're, you are you, you like the idea of riding this Geno Smith train in the Seahawks? Tell us why.
4: You know what, Mitch? It's more about Pete Carroll and what he's done. I just talked about culture, and I, I'm talking about teams, too, that have gotten better along the way. Like, we can identify teams that are still struggling. The, the Packers, right? The uh, we're in November now and you better have gotten better as a football team along the way. And and that's how you increase your chances of getting to the playoffs. I'm not calling the Seattle Seahawks a playoff team, but they're getting better uh, from what we saw uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, And here's a great example. Uh, We we know about the slow starts uh, for the Cardinals, but did you guys break down the fast starts for the Seattle Seahawks? Think about this fellas. The first half uh, against the Broncos, they scored, Um, 17 points right I mean that was really the game I mean they had to hold on to that Mm -hmm. then you think about uh, the game against Detroit on the road they scored 24 points and then they backed that up uh, with 13 points in the first half against New Orleans on the road Uh, and then you go out and you score uh, 13 and then okay we got 17 points in the first half uh, against the Giants I mean it's not like Seattle is a fluke I mean they're scoring points in the first 30 minutes and putting pressure uh, on, on opponents uh, and we know about the slow starts about the Cardinals so uh, to me that that plays into the plan that Pete Carroll has with that defense a lot of yeah. younger guys and a lot of guys that want to get after you so uh, if that offense with Geno and, and and DK and Lockett, I mean Disley, I mean Walker all these guys if they can get out to a fast start on the road and it's not going to be a home field advantage. For the Cardinals, I, I think that gets difficult for the Cardinals. Therefore, uh, I do like Seattle tonight. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, uh, coming up this weekend. That's also coaching.
6: Uh, speaking of coaching, did you mm-hmm. see the Sunday night game? Did you see Green Bay's two-minute <laughs> offense? At the You, you said right. about practice and what you work on. Tonight's week nine. <laughs> they, they had no yeah. idea what they were doing in the two-minute offense.
4: Well, Paulie, I go back to a mantra that that we I live by, uh, what you want to do and what you can do. Um, you know, the, the thing about the Packers is, yeah, they want to be prolific and they want to throw the ball and they want to do all these things, but they can't, uh, really, they can't. They had one call in the playbook that I thought was perfect, and that was the throwback uh, to that young wide receiver. Was it Toure or Tour or something yeah. like that? Um, and that play was a perfect play call at the perfect time for Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers, and they got a touchdown off of it. But that's the only Take a shot play on that big play sheet that he has, right? And and that's the only play that they could really execute to that kind of level. But from a two minute standpoint, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not very good. Uh, but it goes back to where they are. They're not very good uh, offensively as a passing team, even as a running team. They're not tough either, guys. And let's let's call that out too. Yeah. I mean, the the Packers stink in terms of toughness on on both sides of the ball.
6: So we already hit on one of the late games. There's only two late games this week. Shame on the NFL. Mm-hmm. But the other one, the Rams and, and Tampa Bay. You trust anyone in this game? What do you think of Tampa, short home favorite?
4: No, I, I don't trust anybody. I mean, I, I wish I could trust Tampa, but they haven't gotten better. They're doing the same stuff that they did last year. Uh, similar to the Rams, right? By the way, uh, it's it's like both of these teams feel like their personnel uh, is enough. But as we know in the National Football League, each and every year is a snowflake. It's so different. Um, so if you're still doing the same thing that you were doing last year, and think that, okay, your personnel is better. That's why we have drafts. That's why we have free agency. Uh, other teams have caught up to you and surpassed you uh, at this point. And uh, now you're just looking old. I mean, Aaron Domo, that guy's not even effective right now. Uh, and he's the most dominant defensive player uh, in the game. Uh, and then you got goat and Tom Brady, but he's surrounded uh, by injuries and, and certainly just not the level of play that he's accustomed to. And, and, and I think he's dropped off a little bit as well.
3: So I mean this, I'm not joking around at all. I think a fascinating segment or an hour would be with Mike Pritchard in studio talking about your history in the stock market and uh-huh. how you uh, study this stuff, right? And you've been paying attention yeah. to markets ever, ever since that, you know, you were in college and then beyond mm-hmm. your rookie season in Atlanta. We found out yesterday that uh, Daniel Snyder is going to put up the Commanders for sale. There is a bet offshore that you can make. Paulie found this, right? Will okay. the Commanders sell? It's $5 billion? Yeah. That's the number. Fi- They're valued at, what, 56 how do they not sell for more than five billion dollars, Pritch?
4: I think they should. I mean, I think the Broncos sold for close to they five did. billion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about that region of the country and yes. we're talking about that fan base too for the International Football League. Uh and and that is important. So uh the league will look around. I mean, I I wanna say Bezos owns a Washington Post or the Washington uh newspaper or something like that. Yeah, Am his I his name's, that?
3: name's thrown out there
4: yeah yeah so you, huh. you already have yeah you already i mean he's amazon i mean you, you got a partner right there anyway so um we'll see uh there, there's there's a lot of billionaires these days guys and uh billionaires you know the reason why you own a franchise is because you want people to know that you're a billionaire kind of like with snyder but unfortunately he did it the wrong way uh in terms of uh bringing some dark clouds to the league if you will um but I, you know it's a good day if if the owners can get rid of snyder and uh, have him sell that football team and, and certainly get back into the hands uh, of where it needs to be. And that, that's that's because of the region and because of that fan base, uh, more and more importantly. Sure. But th- that organization is a pillar one, uh, and and it's certainly an organization that, that needs to get back on top.
6: You ever use that line? Good line on a woman, right? What has three What's commas that? and two thumbs? This guy? <laughs> hey, you get three uh, comma club, Mike. You three uh, comma hey. club.
4: You know what? I'm a 5-tool player, Paulie. That's
6: what I use. <laughs> Good job, Michael. Good job. Happy belated birthday. Great job, yeah, my thank friend. Thank you guys. Thank you you. Lombardi thank says 6 billion. Says good. absolutely 6 billion.
3: I can't that number is I mean, wrong. Yeah. It can't be 5 billion dollars. Yeah, absolutely. It is going to abs- it will definitely sell for more than that. Yeah. The, that, that episode in Silicon Valley <laughs> yeah. is one of my favorite scenes of all time I love that show. That, character. show. that character is so good. <laughs> it, that has three three comma, club.
6: it has 3 commas and 2 thumbs. <laughs> this guy. Oh, Ross, what's his name? Ross Oh, he's awesome. Uh, the Rozier story, quickly. Pritch is a rookie with yeah. the Falcons. He's all rah-rah. And he's all rah-rah. Come on, guys. This is garbage. We're not playing like this. This is ridiculous. Clean. Rozier looks at him. Shut up, rookie. We get paid Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: Ross Hanneman? Hanneman. Hanneman. There you go. There and you it's, go. It's
6: uh, Washington Post. All right, good.
3: They have uh, <laughs> some of the best ca- That The guy who... Oh, now I'm blanking on his name. I think his real name is Matt Olson, who plays uh, the owner of... Um, I'll think about it during the break. I'm totally blanking on the name. He's he's the best character on the entire show. The guy who's super condescending that's worth, like, billions of dollars as well, who owns Hooli. Okay, I yes, love right. that guy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. 75 to 1 was available last night, and it cashed. Follow
5: the money on v
6: Sports in full swing. Bet Rivers Online Sports Bookie Home all the latest lines, odds, and boosts, whether it's football, hockey, basketball, or baseball. Bet Rivers as you covered. Great promotions, dynamite house specials, the Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, and the Sunday football parlay insurance. Head to BetRivers.com or download the app today. It's a whole new game at Bet Rivers.
3: Every Thursday, here we go. Uh we put a bow on this show. Once a week with Paul Charchian, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer with guillotineleagues.com. Charge, good morning. How are you?
7: I'm doing great, thank you. Hi. Hey,
3: Elvis. Let's, uh, yeah, no chest hair <laughs> this week. We're very disappointed.
7: I, well, look, I can take the shirt off if you really want.
3: <laughs> I think we're good. We're good.
7: I think we are good. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: So let's go back and revisit trading deadline day. Which yeah. player who got moved do you think is going to have the biggest fantasy impact?
7: All right, do you want the obvious answer or do you want the non-obvious sneaky deep answer? Let's go sneaky deep first, then go obvious. Okay, so the sneaky deep answer is this. Naheem Hines, Indianapolis running back, goes to Buffalo, by the way, destroying any value James Cook had. Mm. Uh, But I wanna focus on what got left behind in Indianapolis. We have a hobbled and ineffective Jonathan Taylor. And would anybody, guys, would you be surprised if at some point they just don't shut him down?
3: It could be. Oh, of the playoff mix continues uh, to be hurt? No, yeah, I'm sure. Why right, not? Exactly.
7: Yeah. I mean, they got a week 14 bye. It could happen in and around that week 14 bye. I mean, Taylor is running wrong right now. And meanwhile, in the two games that he missed when Deion Jackson was the fill-in, all he did was total 104 yards and 108 yards and put together a 10-catch game in one of them. He's caught 14 of the 14 passes that have been thrown his way. And Deion Jackson's good play is why they let Naheems go at all. Deion Jackson is going to get run this year. He might be your starting running back this week for the Colts. He is the non-obvious winner of all of these trades that went down on Tuesday. Deion Jackson.
3: Wow. Okay. So then, give us the obvious one. They, they, they Chase, yeah. I know it was and, before the deadline, Dave. So don't say Christian yeah, Who Chris McCaffrey. Who else?
7: Right. Yeah. Uh, it, Chase Claypool. Right. Because you know they 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 desperately needed they desperately needed him with the Bears. He'll walk in immediately and start getting targets. They're letting, actually letting Justin Fields throw the ball now, which is awfully nice. And Fields is never like a precision precision passer. He needs what Chase Claypool gives, which was an enormous target radius, because you know Fields is winging the ball over the place. So that will help as well. Claypool will get will immediately help. I, you know, for Claypool, and his owners, it's roughly a lateral move, but he, his act quarterbacking actually gets better as he
6: goes from Kenny Pickett to Justin Field. Okay, how about Hawkinson to your club, and how about this? Jefferson has one touchdown since week since week one. Yes, none since week one. I think week one was
7: it, right? I think maybe it is just one since week one, but they gotta go to him more often. Now they have thrown to him from inside in the red zone. They've thrown to him nine times. So I think I think it's gonna come together. The touchdowns are coming for Jefferson. So I'm not too worried about that part of it. Hawkinson, though, he'll he'll sop up some touchdown work. The stuff that was going to Adam Thielen last year. Last year, Thielen played eleven games and had ten touchdowns in eleven games. Yeah. This year, Thielen's not scoring and he's not separating like he used to. He's thirty-two years old, so Hawkinson's going to get a lot. I think a lot of that work with the big frame, the six-foot-five frame. So, yeah, that's where Hawkinson's going to pay off here. Lateral move for his for his owners as well. All
3: right. Okay, so you are always good at like looking and projecting at players that you might want to drop, get ahead of the curve on this, right? And in fact, on your podcast, Fantasy Football Weekly, you like to call it the sabotage drop. Sabotage drop. Are, are we there? With Clyde edwards elair or no, not quite yet? I'm not even sure the sabotage is
7: in play anymore because I don't know how much people will bid for him or how much people, how much equity they'll give up for him, but it, it's over. Uh, over his last three games, he's averaging nine touches for 33 yards. That's ground and air for Clyde edwards elair They don't throw to him, which is weird because he can catch. He's averaging one reception per game over the last month of games. Chiefs got a very tough matchup this week against the number three-ranked Tennessee run defense, so Clyde edwards is not going to help you there. They're a bunch of backup runners I would rather have, and he's a backup. He's lost his starting designation. Rashad White, Dontrell Hilliard, Chuba Hubbard, Kyron Williams. So, yeah, Mm. we're dumping Clyde Edwards-Alaire all together.
3: It's an ugly matchup on Sunday. It's a late game, one of two late games that we get. It's the, uh, the Rams and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers lose their three and six. Rams yes. lose their three and five. Oh. Okay, so the matchup that everybody's going to want to pay attention to, though, is Mike Evans versus Jalen Ramsey as a fantasy player person or as somebody who is maybe looking at play, playing props in this game. What do you make of the matchup?
7: By the way, just as a, as a quick side note, you'll remember in the preseason, uh, I told you I was betting Carolina to win the division. Uh-huh. Or like the Bucks are super wobbly. Somebody's going to emerge from here. Yeah. You know, why couldn't it be Carolina with Christian McCaffrey back? And, you know, maybe they get better quarterback play. Yep. And if Carolina would have just made their freaking extra point, they'd be in first place right now. Anyway, Evans versus Ramsey is an absolutely epic matchup in these late games uh, on Sunday. It's Ali Frazier or Golden Corral versus Trichinosis. It's a biggie right here. <laughs> the, the past two games for Mike Evans, 26 targets, absolutely instrumental to the Bucks' plans. Uh-huh. But here comes Jalen Ramsey. You remember Jalen Ramsey got roasted in the season opener on Thursday night? Since that, he's basically been football's best cornerback. Over the last five weeks, the Rams have allowed the fewest receptions and the fewest receiving yards. And for Ramsey in particular, get this, the last five games, in five games, in his coverage, Jalen Ramsey's allowed six receptions for 36 yards, spanning five games. Wow. I will do the math for you. That is one catch for six yards per game against Jalen Ramsey. With all the problems plaguing the Bucks' offense, the advantage here goes to Jalen Ramsey over Mike Evans.
3: Okay, let's get into tonight's matchup. Uh, we've talked throughout the entire three hours of this show how much I like Miles Sanders overall tonight. I mean, it yes. just it's right. scr- it Good. screams this is going to be a big ground yes. game for the Eagles. Am I wrong?
7: Yes. No, you're totally right on this. Uh, by the way, since October, averaging 85 rushing yards and a score per game, Philly constantly plays in a positive game script so they can afford to run. The last year's you know, running back by committee, that's all dead. Sanders is getting triple the snaps and carries of the next closest runner, Kenneth Gainwell. And here comes pro football Focus's bottom-ranked run defense, the Texans. They've allowed four different running backs to top 140 yards this year, and they're giving up almost six yards per carry. So if you believe, and Mitch, it sounds like you do, the Eagles are going to get out to a big lead, and the game script's mm-hmm. going to say, run, let's go over 80 rushing yards. Let's tie that into the anytime touchdown he's gotten 10 carries from inside the 10 yard line this year that's plus 105 and how about this sneaky add-on over seven receiving yards for miles Sanders every opposing number one running back to face the Texans has gone over seven receiving yards and most of them quite a bit over so there is i rarely give you the the prop try the the prop trifecta over 80 yards, anytime touchdown, over okay. seven yards, Miles Sanders.
6: You know, Pierce has had a good year as well. The other running back yeah. for the Texans now. And he's getting lost in all the white Walker hype and what Walker has done. He couldn't get going last week as Tennessee shut him down. But what do you think of Pierce tonight and then moving forward the rest of the season?
7: Pierce has been great and largely unnoticed because he's playing for the Texans. He's pro football focus, eighth-ranked runner. Get this. Pierce is averaging. Damon Pierce. 3.8 yards after contact. I mean, dude, that's insane. And it's he is an absolute workhorse, averaging 21 touches per game. And the great thing is, even when the Texans are in blowouts, like tonight's game's going to be, they still give him carries. It doesn't matter. They know that he is their offense, and he's their best chance for a big play. So he keeps getting carries anyway. And Baxter received at least 10 carries against the Eagles, of average 77 total yards and... That puts us in play for the over under on his rushing yards. Damian Pierce's over under is 64 and a half yards. If every back to get at least 10 carries against the Eagles averaging 77 yards, let's you know, let's do the math here. This seems like an obvious one. And if you want to add into that one, mm. Pierce's over on 18 and a half receiving yards feels good because he's trending up in all of his receiving categories, pass plays, routes runs, targets, receiving yards and if you think this thing is going to be a blowout, they'll throw a few more times to Damian Pierce, dump off stuff. So I like those two angles for him. as well.
6: Cook had 73 yards last week. A lot of it came in garbage time. That's a weird situation, what's going on with him. He might not yes. play now.
7: Right. So Brandon Cooks, he wanted to be traded, but then he wasn't. Yes. So then he went and he starts tweeting cryptic messages. And he said now his excuse for missing practice this week is personal reasons, which is they're only saying that because the injury report doesn't fit Never wants to play on this team again. <laughs> he, and even does play. He goes up against Darius Slay, He's one of the best corners yes, in uh-huh. the league. Yes. He's he's only given up 58 or more yards twice all season. Your over under on Brandon Cooks is 55.5 or under 55.5. We don't even know if he's going to play. Yep.
3: Tell everybody about the website. Still drafting at guillotine leagues.com. GuillotineLeagues.com.
7: Yeah, it's a, you can still join a season-long fantasy league in the unique format that is the Guillotine League. Every week, the low-scoring team gets cut, and all the players go to the waiver wire, where the rest of us feed on the remains of that roster. Tons of fun as you build superstar rosters throughout the year. GuillotineLeagues.com.
3: Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the games.
7: Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, Bye.
3: Paul. I want to bid last night the waiver wire on Devonte Adams. Oh, I just say I know he's not having a good season, but I think the targets are going to start coming. And uh, in my one remaining guillotine league, I won a bid for him. So I had to have it need some wide receiver help. So He's still sick. What's going on? I don't know. It's like uh, a yeah, week and a half now, yeah. pretty much. Yep. All right. That's it for us. Fun show. Thank our guests, everybody behind the glass as well. Uh, good luck with your bets tonight. Enjoy all the action. We are back tomorrow at 7 Eastern. We'll see you then.